You are now listening to the Claim It podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, your joyologist. On this podcast, I have conversations with people who intrigue and inspire me. We get into the journey of their life, the ups, the downs, how they got to where they are and how they get through the day today now. Because I believe that our feelings of enoughness, of being worthy, of success, of fulfillment, of being lovable are not out there somewhere. Once I have this job, meet this person, have this income, have a family, then I will feel this. That's not how it works. We'll just end up chasing it and chasing it and chasing it. It is up to us to claim it for ourselves every day, sometimes every single moment of the day. On today's episode, I'm super excited. I have Jill Winterstein, who most of you likely know as Spirit Daughter. She is the person beyond the super popular astrology and wellness brand. It's, I mean, she's always saying the things that I think we're all like, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Even if you're not super into astrology, you can go check out her account at Spirit Daughter and you can just see how wise and real she is. And so I wanted to know, how did this happen? How did she now make a career out of astrology, basically? And I loved getting to know her story. Let's get into it. All right. So Jill, you are mostly known in the world as Spirit Daughter or the company brand you've created is Spirit Daughter, which is largely astrology based. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so where where in your life did you start to get into astrology? Was it something that you were always interested in? Like, how did that even just even start as like an inkling of knowing what that is? Yeah, you know, I think I'm a Leo and I think I I can't remember when I learned I was a Leo in true Leo form. Um, you know, somewhere when I was a kid, I learned I was a Leo and like loved it. Um, and so I got astrology as a teenager um, and I just loved it. And I loved really anything that helps me understand the human mind. And I really saw it as like a, as a type of psychology. Um, and I actually went on to get my master's in psychology um, you know, formally in my formal education, but, you know, astrology actually came even before that. Um, and just, you know, I've always been the type of person ever since I can remember it, people would come up to me and they would say, like, people I would just meet, you know, I was like 12, 13. I've never told anybody, but, you know, this is like the story of my life and it's still, and it's happened my entire life. And I even remember like being 15 and just like, you know, having friends being like, I never told anybody that. Um, and I think I really got into like psychology and astrology to like understand how to like handle this like thing that I remember forever is like people telling me their secrets and, and like not knowing what to say. Like, what, what do you say? You know, like, oh, great. Awesome. You know, when you're like a teenager. Um, and I think it like really fueled me into learning about psychology, astrology, consciousness studies, like anything I get my hands on that tried to explain the human mind and the human energy and just like really just to, to help people. I just wanted to like help people, uh, you know, because I, I was just always like hearing people's secrets. 
and, and that's actually in my chart, which I found out later, like when, um, you know, you look at my chart, I have like Pluto, uh, rising, you know, right at the, the horizon. And, and that is something that a lot of people Pluto rising experience in their lives is this like, especially I have Libra, Libra rising and then Pluto is rising in, in the horizon when I was born. It's like, that that actually is is a marker of this um i learned later so um you know my chart kind of set me up for it and then you know i just had to figure out humans i just want to figure out humans (laughs) (laughs) so i got into astrology uh you know at a young age and i did my friends charts and everybody's charts around me and um, it was back before computers and before the internet. And I learned from books and I learned from bookstores. And I, you know, I was in this like little village and in, you know, the woods of Pennsylvania. And I would go like sit in the bookstore and like learn and, um, you know, do, do it that way. Like there was no, everybody's like, what online class did you take? I'm like, uh, I don't know, it was <laughs> 1996 when I like really got into it. So there was like no online class. So... <laughs> Uh, there was no internet, you know, uh, and if it was, you know, in a couple of years, it was like AOL dial-up. So, um, yeah, you know, I just, I just really got into it. I would draw charts. I always recommend that people starting out, even though we have all these fancy computer models that they actually like draw some charts. So they get like a feeling for an understanding and the placement of things. Um, but yeah, it fascinated me, but anything with the human mind, human psychology fascinates me. So. Wow. So back as a teenager, you were like drawing people's charts and like doing readings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think I spent the whole summer, must have been 17 or 18. I was in the woods, uh, this little village called St. Peter's. And I spent like the whole summer drawing people's charts and making them have necklaces and playing with crystals <laughs> and stuff. I was like, I was like, and smoking weed. I was like a real hippie truck. <laughs> this is a grateful dead, you know, like the whole nine yards. <laughs> Love it. And you don't even know, but you can't remember where your astrology even like came from in your life. You're just like, remember hearing you're a Leo, like looking into that, that's cool. And then getting into it on your own. It's not like you had parents or friends or older siblings or no, something. that were. No, my parents were never into it. <laughs> I mean, I think yeah, I, what did they think about you as a yeah, 17 year old I mean, doing everybody's charts? They, you know, they, they always threw me no matter what I was doing. Uh, you know, I was always like, a, I was always like a straight A student. And I found out at an early age, it's like, all you have to do is straight A's and then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> That's so fucking true. That's a lot of like my... I like barely went to school. I like struggled with chronic pain and finally started with fibromyalgia. So I always had a lot of pain, but I also like didn't enjoy being in high school. So it was rare that I went to school five days a week, but I got good grades. I played soccer, like not for my school, but for like, you know, like with another school and like was one of the best soccer players and I would work a part-time job. So I was kind of like, well, what can you do? Like, you know, and then I would tell them like, oh, by the way, I go drinking and do this like every weekend when you think that I'm just saying it somebody else. And I just took the point of like, well, what can you do? I just told you these things. And like, I get good grades and I work my yeah. part-time job and I yeah. do yeah, my exactly. chores. I exactly. do my chores. And like, so what are you going to do? Right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, and my, my mom actually, um, she's always very like open, you know, she, she always encouraged me to uh, like, 
study things like, you know, she gave me yoga tapes and stuff when I was a teenager and, you know, talked to me about Buddhism and things like that. And she's not like that at all. She's actually in finance. She's a Virgo and she's oh. very Virgo like, but, um, you know, there was like something in her that really wanted to, um, make me very opposite than her in a lot of ways. So she really uh, like, Oh. gave me things to like really expand my mind and like open me up to like different perspectives and perceptions and, and, and things of that nature. So, you know, she always really encouraged me to explore, um, all kinds of things. So, you know, I, I definitely credit her for that. Um, and she does herself on her own, but like to see her on the surface, you know, she's like, in finance and like very, you know, <laughs> even think that this woman's like goes home and reads like Buddhism, uh, you know, Buddhist <laughs> books and stuff like that. So, um, you know, she really did encourage me. So astrology was just like a natural extension. I think of everything else I was really getting into, um, as a teenager and young twenties. So, but I make up at that time. It's not like you're like, I love astrology so much. This is going to be my career. No, no. Or did no. you feel like it could be? Yeah. You were just like, I love this. Let me do these charts for fun. Did you even like charge your friends for no. them? You just loved it. Never, yeah. never. I, it was like, it was a hobby. Um, and it was something that interests me. And, um, you know, I found it just like another lens to like look at the human mind and the human energy through, um, you know, and I was really just obsessed with consciousness and getting into that, um, you know, and, and, you know, I went to school for psychology and I, you know, I wanted to, you know, pursue that at the time. Uh, and that was kind of like my chosen thing, but like the thought of like becoming like an astrologer, like I don't even consider myself an astrologer <laughs> now, to be honest, like, just because it's oh. like, I, you know, I have yeah, everybody's like, oh, you're an astrologer. I'm like, really? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, you, you know, it's just, I, I mean, it's an amazing profession, but it's just, uh, it's not something like I ever like define myself by. I guess I don't really define myself by a lot of things. Like I've done so much in my life and I don't really feel like any of them like actually define who I am. So um, like I usually, I get people, that. yeah, when people ask me what I do, I usually, I'm like, I'm a writer. You know, that's what I consider. Yeah. I'm a writer. I, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> this is everything. I mean, and yeah, and you, yeah, you definitely are a writer of some very powerful words that can be like very short, but like get it right on the nose, you know? Like, yeah, you're like, your posts are always like, yeah, fuck, yes, like, yes. <laughs> and even if it's like very short. Um, so, so you knew all like, so when you, yeah, you went to college for psychology, you were like knowing that cause you were in this, okay, consciousness. I want to understand how people are. So then what was like, yeah, your college, did you end up becoming a psychologist? Did you enjoy those courses? Like what I was did. the college? I really, and then enjoyed them. I really, really enjoyed them. I went on to get my master's. I ended up in research. Um, I ended up in oh. a lab. I ended up in neurogenetics research. Um, <laughs> and you know, cause I, I, again, I really wanted to study the mind. And when you end up wanting to study the mind, you end up actually studying the physical mind. And so I did, um, a lot of coursework in neuroscience, like understanding like neurons and, you know, uh, parts of the brain and things like that. And, uh, and, and sometimes like I'll sprinkle those in, um, like hints of that kind of stuff um, you know, in, into places because I, I do understand a lot about how the mind actually like works, you know, 
from a, a neuroscience perspective. Um, but yeah, I got into that and that was like the track um, I was in and I did that for a while. And then uh, in my 20s, sort of mid 20s, I left um, because I just felt, I really felt like I was just going to become like an activist in a way, like fighting for what I knew was already true, but you know, I was, I was at a really high level. I was at Hopkins researching. Um, so I was like wow. seeing everything and I was like young enough to be like, this isn't what I want to do. I'm leaving. Um, uh, whereas I think somebody at that level who was like 40, um, and I'm 40 now, so I can speak to that. Who had, you know, had a mortgage and family, all that stuff. Will be like, okay, I'm just. This is what I'm doing with my life, you know. But I was sort of young enough to like look at all the pieces of everything and just being like, you know, I don't want to fight constantly for like grant money and to convince these people this is like what you know what I want to research and this is what I I think is you know in my mind makes sense kind of thing. So um, so I left uh, and I left research and I left. Um, and everybody kind of was like, ah, you know, um, and I didn't know what, Did you know what you were, okay. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea what the hell I was going to do in my life. <laughs> you were just like, can't do this. This isn't working. I can't Gotta do this. Stop. I'm leaving. Uh, I left. I went and lived on a pot farm in Northern California. like, <laughs> <laughs> six months and did you help like pick yeah oh yeah to make money it wasn't really that I was just like yeah I was you know I was sort of resetting recalibrating and nature and watching tomatillos grow and trying to understand (laughs) you know the consciousness of a tomatillo you know things like that so Trying to understand the consciousness. <laughs> See, maybe you you needed a break after all of that really heavy duty research. <laughs> Basically, now I will study tomatillos. Yeah, and um, you know, but I was like always a very uh, ambitious person, and I had gotten out of like you know a very stressful sort of period of like where I was on this like track and um, everything was building, and so I did end up pretty stressed out. And so, yeah, I took a break and I really got into yoga and that's when, and I had been doing yoga, you know, off and on, um, since I was a teenager, my mom gave me this tape, Eric Schiffman, I still remember it, VHS. Um, and you know, but I really got into it then I started doing it like every day. Um, sometimes twice a day, like I would do like restorative yoga. I remember getting like the yoga journal magazines and like doing, they have this like sequence in there and I would do it. Um, you know, and I, I just like fell in love with yoga. So I decided to do a yoga teacher training course. Um, and cause my teacher was like, you're doing so much. I started going to classes. My teacher was like, you're doing so much yoga. Like you might as well become a teacher. Like at this point. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So, you know, this is probably a year or two after I left psychology, you know, I became a yoga teacher. And, um, you know, it sort of just like naturally fell into it. And I studied with all kinds of different people. And, um, you know, that's what landed me in Los Angeles was, um, you know, because we had like tons of yoga teachers here. And there was just like, and I, there, I also wanted to study, um, I got really into, this is the brain thing, you know, I got really into studying anatomy. 
because uh, it's like, well, I know the mm. brain inside out. Like, I want to know the body inside out, you know. So you're really into studying anatomy. And there's these amazing teachers here um, that I wanted to study with. And then that led me to studying with them into studying Chinese medicine. And so um, I spent probably a good portion of my later 20s, early 30s studying yoga and Chinese medicine. Um, fascinated with it and you know and I I just and I I just get like this I just get like immersed in these things you know and I just like love understanding um you know all different kinds of modalities for for understanding who we are understanding humans you know so let's look at the lens yoga let's look at through the lens of Chinese medicine um and you know I built a really nice practice here in LA um you know teaching yoga and I had tons of private clients and um, you know, I really enjoyed that. Um, you know, and I, but I was like tethered, I was tethered to, um, time, you know, I was, and I had, um, some really great, uh, clients or businessmen and they were like, you know, you're really, really good at what you do. You're really smart. Like you need to figure out how to scale this. You need to create a scalable business. Um, and you know, it, it took me years to really understand what that even meant you know but um you know I was like tethered to time when you teach yoga like you can you, you know you're, you can work you know you're working um you know and I always wanted to help people but it was like I could only help people you know for x amount of hours a day or I could only help yeah. like 20 people a week you know if I was seeing them privately um you know I was restricted to like just just me you know just um yeah. what I could do you know um, Which also puts a limit on, I mean, you're lucky if you fall, are able to fall into private so you can make a better income. But then, yeah, it's like if you're a yoga teacher, whether you're just teaching it, that's what I was wondering, too. Like, how are you making money as a yoga teacher in L.A. and you're studying Chinese medicine? It's like how much things that there's usually like you need people are working so hard to do these things that are really from their heart, right? A yeah. yoga teacher, oh, a Chinese medicine, that they want to help people, but it's like, oh, I also need to be able to pay my rent and <laughs> yeah, I mean, pay for I, gas. I was working, I was working a lot. I was driving all over the city and, um, you know, it was just, it was a lot. It was, you know, a lot, a lot going on. Um, you know, I was going through some personal things too at the time, I, you know, I had like just so much going on in my life around then. Um, and I was just really like getting through like one day at a time um, and really relying like on my practices to guide me and my intuition to guide me and like the next thing I do, I'm like really trusting my journey because there was time I spent like three years, like basically couch surfing, you know, um, just like staying with different friends or like somebody had a room and I would stay there, like all that kind of stuff. And then like, I did get, you know, a great apartment and like just trusting that the income that I needed to support myself was going to show up. And it always did. Like, I remember I rented this great apartment and I was like, I don't, I don't actually know how I'm going to pay for this. (laughs) Because it's LA and I'm a yoga teacher. It's like shit, you know? And I'm like, well, I can get a roommate. And then I remember like the next day I got like two new privates a week. And I was just like, okay, cool. Thanks, universe, you know? Um, And so I I feel like that period of time like really helped me learn to like trust the universe and trust my journey and trust the path I was meeting, uh, the people I was meeting and the path I was on. And really just like going like with the flow and just being like, okay, like, I don't know how this is going to work out, but it's going to work out. And like, if this, this is what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm like following my calling, then, 
then it'll work out somehow. But, you know, there was a lot of trust I had to develop and uh, a lot of like faith in, in, in my journey that was going to work out. Because there was so many times when I was like, I don't know. I'm not sure this is going to work out. <laughs> yeah. you know? In those times, did you ever then like think about, well, maybe I better look into like a real job or what, uh, you know, like even like in that process of trusting, did your mind go into, or did anybody, family, friends try to tell you, why don't you just go get another research job? Why don't you have a master's in psychology? Why don't you do this? Did you ever like, like, like fall back into maybe I do need to lean on that for a little bit or wouldn't life be easier if I just had a steady paycheck or, you know, I don't know, you know, it never really, I don't think I ever went there. Uh, you yeah. know, maybe like once or twice, I always thought about like moving forward. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, what else can I do? You know? And I ended up like, um, I remember, you know, I, I got like obsessed with, um, I got obsessed with like writing. I was like, well, maybe I'll become a writer and I can write from anywhere because I love to travel. And so like, I took tons of like journalism courses and things like that. Wow. And I was like, well, to be a journalist or like, you know, traveling journalist, something I need to take photos so like I took like photography classes so I was always just like figuring out ways to like keep adding on and like moving forward instead of like going back if that makes sense yeah no, totally. And that's also like, that means though, then you're like constantly investing in yourself though. You're not just like, let me learn this. You were paying to take classes, which I think there's a lot of people. And I have definitely have that, like the fear of spending money where I'll be like, I look, I want to learn this. So I'll figure it out. But along my way, cause I've definitely had periods too of like taking time off and trusting and being like, this isn't right. And you know, like I've right. always trusted the process, but I definitely will be like, maybe I do need to go. Okay. And I never do go back to get that job or apply somewhere, but it's will come yeah. up as like, Oh, maybe that would just be easier. Um, yeah. But I also like, I have that fear of investing money. So that makes me think like you have, have like some really strong self-confidence you know, that's always been there. Cause I will fall into that, but my mind will go into, I don't know. And I'll have to be like, okay, yeah, it's okay to spend this money. Cause it's worth it. And right. you'll make it back. Like it's like that for me is a definite challenge. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I'm like, I've always like had the confidence in myself to like call in money. And I tried to not let uh, money dictate my life, um, or my decisions, because I do view it as just like energy and we can attract it and like call it in when we need it. Um, and you know, anytime where I felt like I didn't have enough money, I would like go and actually spend the money. Um, because mm. then that would like call more money in and like people, like, I remember my best friend just like laughing at me and she's just be like, Oh my gosh, like, how are you spending all this money right now? And I'm like, because it's going to come in, like, you have to like spend it, it comes in. Like, that's the way it works. <laughs> it doesn't work like that for everybody. I think I have like interesting karma <laughs> with money. Um, part of this like other system that I study, which is, um, like, like cards of destiny or the magi, everybody's like a card, uh, like in the deck of cards, I'm Jack of diamonds, which is the Jack of diamonds does have like the great fortune of always yeah. being able to like call in money. Uh, basically I've talked to a couple other people who are Jack of diamonds and they, they said the same thing. Like I met, I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent. And then all of a sudden this like check showed up in the mail from like a year ago that I like totally forgot about, you know? <laughs> uh, That's crazy. So, so I tried to not let, um, like scarcity mindset basically like dictate, dictate my life. And I've worked a lot around that because 
I did like grow up with a mom in finance. And like, I do think that um, a lot of the financial institutions, like they, they are all scarcity mindset, like not enough, not enough. There's not enough of this. The stocks are down. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, um, and even people with like tons and tons of money, like are operating on scarcity mindset. Totally. Like, oh, I need more. There's not enough. Oh, you know, I don't have enough. Um, yeah. And, Exactly. No, it's like, oh, I need a million be a millionaire. No, but now I need to be this. Like nobody ever feels like safe. It's like you mark this number and then you get, no, it's still not enough. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, I've done a lot of work around like scarcity mindset and like letting that go and just, um, you know, just trusting that like I'm supported and that as long as, as long as I'm doing, um, you know, my path and my calling, like I'm supported no matter what. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, it, it takes work. Um, and I think, you know, right now with what we have going on in the world, uh, people are going to need even more of this. So it's yeah. really important. Um, but you know, it's just, it does take work and you have to break these like negative money mantras that we all grow up with and that we're all ingrained in us, you know, like, um, you know, because I did grow up with like a mom of finance, like I had the running mantra, like money is the root of all evil, you know, because you would say mm. that all the time. Wow. <laughs> and so I just be like, no, money, like, is good. Like, does good things. Like, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so, you know, it, it's just breaking those down and like doing the work, you know, it's, everything's about doing the work at the end of the day. So, um, I think that's, you know, what I spent a lot of my time when I was studying and doing all kinds of things. And I still do. It's like doing the work. I've never been afraid of doing the work. Um, I've never been afraid of like looking at my shadows and, and, you know, just digging in and, and dealing with everything. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, I definitely do. I do have done work on the scarcity mindset and the abundant mind. And so, yeah, and I've learned that like, okay, when I'm feeling this fear, like, yeah, go donate money or go do the thing, like go give the thing. But I have noticed like that. I, yeah. I have to really be doing the work and not just like convincing, like telling myself, well, if you do this, then you'll feel that, you know, cause again, if you're putting that energy where you're like, it works better for you, which it might be your, your special card. Um, but it also could be like, I realize it's when I'm actually really fully believing this, like, no money is always coming my way or like something like that. I have to actually be feeling it. Or am I just saying it like, okay, money's always coming my way. I'm right, going right, to buy right, this yes. now. You know, it's like, is it coming from doubts and fears? I have to like work through those doubts and fears as I'm saying it to really feel like, yeah, money is always coming that way. I got this. And then like somebody, like, it's like somebody buys something for $10. Heck yeah. Money is always coming my way. Like that really, right. yeah. It's, but it's like the, what you're saying. Yeah. It's like constantly doing the work and it'll sneak back up on me. I think I'm good. I think I've gotten rid of that scarcity mindset. And then I'm like, something big comes up and I'm like, I don't know. Can I afford that right now? This, that. I'm like, yeah, it's like consistently doing the work. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's consistently doing the work and dealing with your fears and dealing with just, um, you know, that subconscious, right. It comes down to like the subconscious. So it's like those subconscious conditioned patterns that are like telling us things from behind the scenes and like, just, you know, getting them up to the surface and being like, okay, like what what's running in the back? background of my mind you know like what's going on you know it's like feeding in my conscious reality and like digging those out and like examining them and you know figuring them out and turning them around you know 
Um, and that's a lot of like the work I do in the workbooks is, is, you know, it gets pretty deep and it's about like, um, you know, bringing that stuff up and looking at it and turning it around, you know, and making, uh, just being aware, right. Being aware of what lies beneath the surface of your conscious mind. Cause our subconscious is like, so, you know, directs us in so many ways and we're, you know, obviously like oblivious to it. Um, and you know, we really got to like get in there and, you know, deal with these like fears, deal with these old habits, deal with these limiting beliefs, these conditioned patterns that we were taught like years and years and years ago that don't apply at all anymore. You know? <laughs> Most of the stuff yeah. we're like operating from like doesn't apply, you know, like we learned it when we were five and like it definitely doesn't apply anymore, you know, but we're still operating from that mindset from that like subconscious belief. Um, so, you know, it's like, you, you gotta like, unless you like sit down and do the work, like you, you don't know, you're like a puppet to your own subconscious thoughts. Yeah. And it's like never going to get better. I feel like there's a lot of people out there that present to themselves and to the world that they do want to do the work and change how they think in about themselves and their life and everything like that. But consistently don't do the work. They just do it like topically. Like, let me share this information and let me share these posts and let me say that's so true. But then they don't actually do the work, which I get. It's painful. It's work. But like, you can't, you can't get through to the other side unless you do the work. (laughs) And it's consistent. Every, like I said, moment to moment, I could be like flying high and then like, oh, doubt, fear, this is trying to take me down. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, transformation isn't easy. Like, it's not easy. It's not easy to go from the caterpillar to the butterfly. You know, it's just like, it's it's hard. You know, and it, it takes dedication. It takes discipline. Um, and it takes having like a toolkit, you know, you need practices. Um, you really do, you know, you need to understand like meditation. You need to understand like yoga, like whatever works for you to get your energy moving and out. And so that you can like sit down and face your fears with, with confidence and, you know, while keeping yourself grounded and present in the moment, uh, so you don't get taken back by them. And, you know, and you do need like, there needs to be like an inner confidence so that, you know, you don't want to get like swept away by like, you know, oh my gosh, like, this is what I actually think. Like, I'm such a judgmental person. Oh my God, I'm terrible. You know, you, you need to like have this like confidence where, um, you know, you know who you are at, at your core and at your essence. Uh, and I think that's really important. And then you can kind of just see all these other things as like fluff around, around your core that you just have to kind of get out of the way. Trisha here, bringing you a brief interruption because I wanted to make sure you know, and that you have my daily inspiration app. It is called Own Your Awesome. It is available in the Google Play and the Apple App Stores. So it's basically like a place you can come to at any time of the day. And it's like a magical eight ball in a way. So you open the app and see what card you get. I just did it and I got, I treat myself as I want others to treat me. I treat others as I want to be treated. So there's hundreds of messages of affirmations and of powerful thoughts that you can come and get at any time of the day. You can swipe through, you can hit the show me a card button, and you can also set a reminder in time in the app so that at every day at the same time, whatever time you choose, maybe it's seven in the morning, one in the afternoon, seven at night, it reminds you to come and pull a card. I'm going to hit show me a card again. I stand in love. I choose to stand in love no matter what is coming at me. 
all sorts of reminders, powerful affirmations. I'm allowed to change. I am allowed to evolve. I am allowed to redefine my vision for my life. So especially in these uncertain times, there's all sorts of messages in here that'll hopefully help you to ground, to connect what matters to you, to sift through the negative thoughts that aren't serving you and create and choose better ones, to look at your life, your relationships, everything, to see what's working, it's not. There's also a journal section in there. You can easily hit heart on your favorites and you can always come and see your favorites and easily share with others. Again, it's a one-time purchase. It's only $3.99. That's like less than a coffee. And since we're not spending money on coffees as much these days, why not get your something that can give you a boost of joy every single day, several times a day, no matter how many times you come to it. Own your awesome. Let's get back to the episode. Okay, let's get back to your story. We were at where businessman tells you about being scalable. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You finally get, okay, yes, scalable. What is yeah. that? And then, so what happens? <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, scalable, like, scalable doesn't got it, you know? Um, and I took, uh, I was teaching New Moon Circles. So I started teaching New Moon Circles um, as an extension oh, okay. of yoga. And so, um, you know, I started doing these, I realized that there was now a demand for this knowledge. So when I learned astrology back in 1996, most people didn't care about it. Um, and I was like the weird girl and, um, I was a hippie kid and, you know, there was not nearly as many people that were into it. It's had, it's had a huge resurgence, um, lately. And so, you know, I, I realized, um, that, you know, people wanted this knowledge. And so, and I remember, um, my roommate at the time, so I didn't end up getting a roommate. Um, I remember she like walked in my room one day and she was like, is there anything I can do like on the new moon? Like, is there anything, you know, any practice I can do on the new moon? I'm like, yeah, there's definitely a lot you can do on the new moon. Um, cause I had always like honored the new and full moon. I was, um, I spent a lot of time studying Ashtanga yoga and in Ashtanga yoga, I don't know if you're familiar, they take off the new moon and the full moon. You don't practice on those days. Um, and so I would always do something on the new and the full moon, um, you know, by myself just to, you know, cause I had that space. I was doing Ashtanga every day. So like I had that like two hour block that um, on every new and full moon day, I was like, okay, well, what do I do? And so, you know, when she asked me, I was like, well, this is what I do on the new moon. Um, you know, instead of doing yoga and, and I told her a little practice that I did. And, you know, I realized that, um, people her age, she was actually 12 years younger than me, uh, were really into, into this, they were getting into this. And so I started doing, um, new moon circles and, um, with her actually, um, we would do new moon circles together and uh, people loved it. Did you it. just do them like at your apartment to start or where did you hold no, them at a yoga studio? I, um, I had a friend who owned um, an event company who had an event space and okay. um, he let me use his event space, which is great. Um, and that subsequently it was the same space I met my current husband in. So um, the space was very good to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like now that I'm thinking about it, I should go rent that space. <laughs> uh, but yes, so I started hosting these new moon circles, and um, they and you know doing the practices, and um, you know they really took off, and they really you know they really became something. Um, which was great. And I realized that there was, you know, a desire for this challenge. And around the same time, I also traveled to Bali and, um, with some friends and I found these like amazing dream catchers. Um, and I just knew there was something I was supposed to do with these dream catchers. And so I found the woman who made them and I, eventually a couple months later got some brought back to the u.s and that was what i originally launched spirit daughter from was dream catchers and then i was also holding new moon circles sort of separately um and i didn't really mix them for a while uh spirit daughter was probably around almost a year like eight ten months before i launched the workbook so I was just selling dream catchers and importing them from Bali and working with this woman who was hand making them. Um, and I just like loved them so much. And um, I wanted to bring Did in- Did you make an online store or were you selling them around LA or both? No, I made an online store. And this is what Spirit Daughters started, the Instagram store that as well. So Wow. So it was an Instagram scout to sell the- Dream yeah. Catchers. Yeah. So Spirit Daughter Instagram started out as as selling these dream catchers. And um I had an online store and got it all set up in Shopify and all that, all that. Um and yeah, and so I launched it and then um I would talk about the new moon circles. Um, I would like, you know, advertise them basically on Spirit Daughter, and I could see that like there was a lot of People were just like really into it. Those were like my most popular posts was when I would talk about like, oh, we're doing this like upcoming moon circle in Pisces. Like if you're in LA, come kind of thing. Um, This is what it's going to be about. And so I, you know, was meditating one day and I was trying to think of like what product I wanted to add because I wanted to add something to complement the dream catchers. And it like occurred to me that I should create a workbook that was the moon circle. That was the new moon circle in a workbook so that everybody could access it and then there's the scalability right and then there's the um reaching like tons of people um and really spreading my knowledge uh as far as i could in a relatively affordable way it was really important to me in the beginning to make these things under ten dollars um that was like a guiding principle when i was like sourcing printing and all kinds of stuff was that i wanted the workbooks to be under 10 bucks because i wanted people to be able to access them and be able to get them um which is challenging though cuz like yeah you want to make it affordable but it's really challenging to get things printed and bound in the amount you would have to order to make it be that price and for you to make any money off of them yeah like that's a big for people that don't know making products that's a big um a big goal especially if you're just starting out and like so you <laughs> yeah it was a big it was a big deal it was definitely a big deal um it was a huge endeavor and just figuring it all out and um I remember the first book 
that um, I did was Gemini. And I was in Australia. I was in Byron Bay. And I was like writing it in Byron Bay. (laughs) And I was laying it out. I figured out how to lay it out in design. And, you know, I was using my photography skills to help me with some of the illustrations. And I um, reached out to who's my still the illustrator of the workbooks now to get like actual illustrations in there and the cover and um, just putting it all together. And I, I laid it all out and I realized it was like an A5 because um, I was in Australia, which is like, you know, a size like in Australia. So I, then I like convert it all so that it was like seven by nine inches. You know? <laughs> so it was like a lot of logistics, it was a lot of like logistics, that first book, just figuring it out. Um, and you were also doing it, not just this is for new moons, but you were doing it for a specific new moon. Yeah. Like, yeah. So because yeah, that also feels like a big undertaking to me. I'd be like, you'd start with like, here's practices to do on any new moon. No, no, no. The first one was <laughs> new moon, Gemini. And I was for that new moon in Gemini specifically that year. The workbooks are, are written. I, I, I write them every month. I write two every month and they're like amazing this year. Uh, you know, for what's going on like right now, which has been interesting to write them lately. Uh, but yeah. So, you know, I, I wrote the book and just like Don, I mean, this was like spirit daughter's path. And this is the product that I was supposed to bring to the world. Um, and you know, in my own life, everything, everything that I have, even in the day, even the house I'm sitting in right now, like I wrote down on a new moon. Um, the new moon is a really powerful practice for me and the intentions, um, you know, that I've set, you know, from like my husband to my child, to my home, to the office, like everything has been written down on a piece of paper and a new moon, pretty much in detail, you know, calling it in. So I really believe in these practices, um, which I think comes through, I hope comes through in the workbooks. And I think has contributed to their success is that, you know, and I've had like people, like so many people, like, do you actually do these? Do you actually believe in this? And like, yes, yes, I do. I actually do them. And it's part of my work, uh, specifically the, you know, and especially the new moon ones. I do the practices on the full moon too, but the new moon has always been like a very sacred time for me. Um, you know, and it's the time that I do that work we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, I do do the work on the new moon and I do the work um, on the full moon and I create my visions and, and I call them in. Um, so, you know, I launched the workbook and I like only had like 50 copies made, I think at the time. And um, they sold out in like a half hour. And they wow. were just, and at the time I had like 7,000 followers. So I didn't have a lot of followers um, comparatively um, to what I have now. And so they sold out super quick and I knew then that that there was something here um that I had something and um and so I kept writing them and I kept doing them and everything just kept I'm building you just building. slowly like each month like okay now I'll print a hundred or now I'll print like yeah, when you just like yeah, slowly exactly. upping your well, like testing it out or yeah and we did you know there's subscription based um you can buy a single issue or subscriptions and so in the beginning, they were just descriptions. So I wouldn't know like how much to print. Okay. Um, so then you then know ahead out. of time mm-hmm. how many. And that, now that's we've, smart. Like, worked out the printing details. And now we have like enough quantity that we, we you know, can get extra over the subscriptions, um, you know, because we've like driven the cost down 
on producing them because we, you know, print so many. So that's the way printing works. The more you print, the less you pay. Um, so, but it was, it was like a huge education. I'm like figuring out print. <laughs> Well, that's what also you're doing it with timelines. That's what I was saying. Like you're doing like, it's not like you're printing a book and then getting it out and figuring shipping. You're like, this is for this new moon. So they need it by this date. (laughs) That's a whole big element. Everything is on such a schedule and such a tight timeline. It's like insane. Um, you know, and it's just because the moon doesn't stop and the moon does not stop anything, anything, you know? And you know, just figuring, figuring that out, you know, that like, we just had to keep going. Now I have a whole team of people help me, um, with like logistics and planning and operations and everything. I'm still the only writer, uh, of the books. Um, but you know, I do have, I do have a lot of help, but it's just like, and they even know I'm like, yeah, you can go on vacation, but it's still like, everything still has to get done. Like the moon does not stop, you know? And sometimes the full moon's on Christmas, you know, we've got to deal with that. And like, then the moon's like always shifting too, because it's a 29 and a half day cycle. So it's not like, oh, well, we can like charge and send subscriptions on the first of the month. Like, no, that doesn't work. You know, we have to like, like charge and send them like, you know, before the start of the season occurs. And then sometimes the full moon starts like creeping up and like, it's always a different day. And it's just like the logistics are crazy. Um, you know, and I don't, people are like, how do you figure that out? I'm like, I don't know. I've been doing it for long enough. I have like spreadsheets. We use this project manager, you know, it's like all in that. And it's just, it's, it's crazy. So figuring out the schedule and the deadline. How many years has um, this been now? It's been three now. Three. Okay. Cause well, well Gemini, I'm going to start writing Gemini this weekend. It's our fourth Gemini. So it's our fourth um at Gemini now has become like our anniversary issue. So very cool. Our fourth Gemini. Um, which is crazy to think about. But but yeah, so we've worked out a lot of the kinks and um, you know, it's definitely shifted and changed over the years. Um, the book. It's gotten a lot longer, I'll tell you that. I keep adding on sections and like every month I write it, I'm like, why did I add this section? <laughs> I was about to say, like, you realize you're in control of that. <laughs> I'm like, great, this is awesome. Why did I add this section? I have to write more. <laughs> but I look back to the first one, like the font was like 14 point. It was like, you know, <laughs> like half the content that we that I write now. So um yeah, but it's, it's good. And you know, it's evolved. And now like the new moon is like for the entire season because we ran into the issue where it was like, you know, the new moon in Gemini, for instance, and people were like, Well, I want, you know, can I use it for the whole Gemini season? Like it's crystals for Gemini, it's yoga for Gemini. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, parts of it. Yeah, you can use the whole season. So now the new moon books have become like season and new moon books. Um, so you know, we just started Aries. So it's like you can use the book throughout the entire season of Aries, and and then there's like a new moon section in the Aries book, um, and then the full moon books are just for the full moon themselves. So um, you know, we have we kept that because you know there's no season associated with it. But they've definitely evolved and changed, and um, you know, I, I like. I think they're pretty good, but they're, it's a lot of work. Definitely a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, no, I was even, so yeah, I wasn't even realizing in my mind, cause I just found you as, you know, 
people sharing your account. And so then and what I had made up that you just became you that you were not just, but you were an account that shared these, you know, astrology based things and they were amazing. And then you were like, oh, people like me. So now I will make up these workbooks. But it wasn't like that, really. It was that you started with the workbooks and then it's grown and grown and grown, which has grown that. But what I've been thinking has been like, yeah, astrology never stops. The new moon never stops. So like, to me, I was getting like exhausted thinking about being you <laughs> and churning out like, okay, people are waiting for the, the this, then the that, and the like, whether it's a social media post or the workbooks, are you able though, because it is, you know, doing readings and stuff like that. Are you able to do like, could you sit down and do like three months at a time or no, because the astrology is constantly changing. You know, you're saying it's every 28 days or whatever. Like, are you able to write for, you know, a future moon a couple months ahead of time because you have the astrology astrological yeah, data or is it really I, work best being right ahead? Yeah, I try not to get too far ahead um, just because I do feel like it's good to kind of plug into the present. I, I pretty much stay like yeah. on deadline. Like right now, like I need to write Gemini uh, this week and next week to get it into print and on deadline. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, I think, I feel like for me, it's just important to, to hug the deadline. Um, because, you know, a lot of the stuff, um, that feeds into it, like where other planets are and stuff doesn't, doesn't change that drastically, but you know, like Saturn, for instance, just moved into Aquarius. Um, now it's going to go into retrograde, but, um, you know, it's kind of like, what does that feel like right now? Like, what does it feel like to have Saturn Aquarius? And, you know, I want to write Gemini with as much cosmic knowledge in the present moment that I can versus if I wrote Gemini back in December, I wouldn't be able to sit here and feel what Saturn feels like in Aquarius right now. Um, so I, I try not to stay too far ahead for that reason, but then also I, I can't get ahead if I tried. <laughs> Just because of the amount, the workload that you have for yourself. Yeah, it's like, you, you never have the possibility. To- yeah. Like I, I don't even have that opportunity <laughs> to be honest. I have like an eight month old and like a business. And like, yeah, I, I always think about that. I'm like, that would be nice if I was like six months ahead, but, um, you know, no, and I would never, I don't just don't have that kind of time, unfortunately, but I also, well, it seems, yeah, it seems like even with you saying that if you had that time that it's like feels more real and connected and heart-based and true that if you're like living in that energy as you're writing it, then like, cool. It's just, yeah, feel, I feel like it would feel more like external. Like it's not part of you. And like, I don't know, like I can make up that too. If like, I'm writing this for this time and you really, I won't really want you to feel this, but yet you were feeling it at a totally different space and time in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I I like to, I like to push as close so I can to the deadline, um, you know, because of that, because it is, yeah, I mean, we have to, you know, there has to be time of course, because it is print. Um, and we need time to produce it, but yeah, I think just getting as much of the present cosmic knowledge as possible is important so that it does feel connected and it does feel real. Um, and I, and I can feel, you know, into what, what people are feeling. So what they may be feeling, you know, at that time. And so when you, when this all started and you're like, okay, this is the future of spirit daughter doing these workbooks. Did you automatically pull out of everything else you were doing, like teaching yoga? Or was that sort of a slow transition of like, once I finally got to this point, I felt safe to like not do anything else that brought me money and put my full energy into this? Um, I, 
I pulled out of doing yoga slowly. I would like let private clients go. Um, but yeah, then I just like completely, completely pulled out of it. I had been transitioning out of it anyway, um, because I had met my husband and he works remotely. He's into, you know, tech guy and, um, he loved to travel and, um, had a place in Mammoth and it just was not conducive to our relationship um, for me to be bound to a schedule in LA. <laughs> so I had slowly, after I launched Your Daughter with the Dreamcatchers, I had slowly been transitioning out of that anyway, so that, um, you know, I had more time to spend with him and to travel and to do some things, um, you know, that we wanted to do together and to spend time in Mammoth and, and, um, just get out of LA. I never really wanted to be bound to LA anyway. I mean, I like it here. Um, and it's definitely my home, but, um, I like the ability to travel and leave when I want. So, um, I started to like slowly get out of that anyway. Um, and yeah. And then I think by the time I had the workbooks, it pretty much, I think by the time I launched the workbooks, I, I don't think I have many clients left at that point anyway. Got it. And then what about just, you know, the growing the company and that like, okay, I need to hire people and these things. Like, was that something that came easy to you or did that bring up the like, I'm guessing you have a really strong sense of intuition. So like who to trust to hire or that, but you just sometimes don't know. Yeah, It can be, for me, it's really hard to like find someone to support you in the way, like, and to not be like, having to tell them everything and to trust is just people work differently. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, um, so the first person I hired was the illustrator. Um, and she's amazing. I, you know, I'm so lucky I found her and, um, but that was like, you know, kind of work for hire situation. She wasn't really like an employee. Um, and you know, I found her through Instagram and I noticed that like her art, my words, like just magic, you know, people loved it. Um, so that was kind of like a no brainer. And then when I really got into like having to hire somebody, I hired my best friend. She needed a job and she became my operations manager and she, you know, deals with all of our subscriptions and she deals with, um, you know, all our customer support and she manages our fulfillment center and she like takes care of just like all the operations. Um, and that was like a slow thing. Like at first I needed help shipping. Like I was shipping the workbooks out of my home to start. And then I needed like help with that. And she helped with that. And then the customer support got to be too much. So she took on that. So it's kind of like a slow progression to like a full-time operations manager. Um, but you know, I known her, so like, I trust her, you know, obviously. Um, so, and then I needed some help. Um, you know, I needed some help on social media, just kind of like dealing with DMS and especially like on full and new moon days, because we'll like get so many and, um, with the collective spirit dollar collective, which we had started. Um, and so I hired my niece and, you know, she's like a mini me. And I thought that was like the best fit and, you know, she's perfect. Um, so I kind of like kept it in family. Love that. <laughs> but I love that. And that works for some people and that does not work for other people working with yeah. their best friend or their family. It's really well, it's worked really well, um, for us, you know, because I think that, um, we just have a good sense about it. And then 
I just hired another marketing assistant and she was just like a, you know, a sort of a, I don't want to say random, but she, you know, I didn't know her. Um, just an application that came through when we put out the the ad for a new marketing assistant. And I just kind of like had a feeling. Um, and I had tried somebody else before and after like the first day I knew she didn't work. So, um, you know, that, that's what my, my best friend operations manager always says. Like, well, if you make it through the first day, like you have a job because Jill's going to like fire <laughs> you the first day if you're not going to work out. <laughs> that's good though don't waste any time (laughs) yeah i've I've done that with a nanny and some other people in my life it's just like it's like i've I've actually (laughs) i've done that i think too before it's like you get a feeling pretty much right away "Mm, yeah yeah so if you make it through the first day pretty good um but but yeah so it's um it is challenging though to like trust people and But I also got to the point where like I had to, especially last year when I had my baby, um, you know, that's when I really started handing a lot of stuff over, like, you know, to other people to help, to help me with, um, because like even just like sending emails and stuff. And I was like, why am I like designing all these emails? I still write like all the copy of the emails, but I'm like, why am I designing emails, you know, kind of thing. And I just, I had to, because I knew I was going to have a kid and I knew I won't be able to. So, um, it kind of like forced me in a lot of ways, to, like let go and let go of control. Like, cause sometimes, I mean, most of the emails are great, but sometimes like, I'll be like, I want to have done it that way. Um, but you know, that I have, but it's fine. Um, you know, it might even be better than how I would have done it. Um, but you know, I had to like let go of a lot of control. And I think that that's like the hardest part about being a business owner and, and growing is that the more you grow, the more you have to let go. Um, and yeah. that's what like, I kind of found out was that the more, more growth that we have, the more how I go, even just like the fulfillment, you know, we have a fulfillment center. So I used to like ship all the workbooks by myself and like stamp them with like a little moon stamp, you know? Um, and now like, yeah, it's like completely outsourced. Uh, yeah. but you know, that's just part of it. That's part of growth. And with any of that, yeah, those growth things that come up, like, yeah, if a, when a part of you does sort of go like, oh, I don't know, or I don't want to let go of this, like, what is something that helps you to then? Is it just coming back to like trusting what your mission is and like that allows well, yeah. you to then take that step? Yeah, it's trusting, but then it's also just like being real, like honest, like, okay, yeah, I can continue to do all this stuff, but, um, you know, I'm not going to be able to do what only I can do, which is like do the writing. So it's like a lot of times yeah. I have to think about that, like, can somebody else do this? And if the answer is yes, I'm like, okay, I need to let it go so that I have more time to focus on the things that only I can do, which is, you know, all the writing, all the content. And that's really important to me. It's really important that I'm the only writer of the workbooks. Um, And it's really important to me that I write the posts because I think that's what authentically like connects people to them. Um, It's really important that like, I'm like writing, like putting out the content and producing it right in the blog. So people are always like, do you need a blog writer? And I'm like, no, you know, because... Um, I, you know, I think people come to the site because they know it's me, they know it's my voice. Um, and so, you know, in order to do that, in order to produce that content, I have to like let go of like designing the emails or laying out the books. You know, I love laying out the books. Um, now, you know, I don't have books anymore. Um, and they look a lot better. <laughs> yeah so you know it's just like realizing that and then also you know I do have a kid so it's like okay well you know that's also important so if I can 
you know, let go of doing this, um, you know, I spend more time with my kid, which is really important. So, um, you know, just understanding that and, and probably being pretty rational about it, you know, it helps me to, to let go and, and to just trust and just be like, okay, like I trust the people I hire. I trust my decision to hire these people. I trust my intuition, um, and giving them these tasks and, and just, you know, let it go. Trust my own ability to, to be a leader. Yeah. Um, quick questions about like astrology and, um, like this is something kind of silly, but I would find myself when I would go through like, you know, when I first learned about like crystals, I became friends with the energy muse ladies. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, put your full Chris, Heather and Timmy like years ago. And they're like, okay, put your crystals out. That was before anybody like felt like I even knew anybody else that knew about crystals, full moons to recharge the crystals. And I was like, okay, but then it was sometimes. And now because of social media and because everybody's, I picked up a crystal like without even realizing it. I've like looked over, like, what is that? (laughs) Um, you know, with social media, everybody's sharing their new moon practices and their full moon practices that it could come up as like a me in comparison, like, oh, well, fuck my, what I, my intentions aren't going to come true if I don't, cause I didn't do this or I'm not, I must not be releasing things. Cause I forgot to pull my crystals out last night that I realized like I would sometimes be like hard on myself. Cause I like didn't do. And, and you know, it's like a funny thing. And I'm just be like, okay, that's just not like, I'm just not there right now. Like I don't, that's not something that's important for me in my life right now to put my crystals outside or to do the, and like, a new, I don't think I've, I don't know if I've actually ever done a new moon practice. No, I'm very interested in that. But like, you know, too, it's like working mom and too, but like this funny thing, it, it could be about astrology, about practices or anything. It's that we can find ourselves judging ourselves or feeling shame right. because right. we didn't do the new moon practice. So now anything that we want is not going to come true. I fucked it all up this month. Nothing's I coming know, true. I know. It's, it's- <laughs> That's terrible. I I don't I don't believe I don't subscribe to any of that. I try. I like. Usually I figured, but I wanted to bring it up because I was like, if I felt this, sometimes I'm sure other people are. Yeah, no, tons of people feel that. I, I, the day after a new moon, we get so many uh, DMs and messages like, "I missed it. Can I still set my intentions? Like, will they still come true? Like, have I totally like screwed up this lunar cycle?" And it's like you haven't like it's not you know it's not like this hard stop and um you know in, in reality you can set intentions every day and you know it's just on the new moon at, you know within this time frame around the new moon exactly you know become more potent but really it's like up to you and it's really just you know and you don't want to like make yourself feel bad you know that's like the last thing you want to do because now you're like in this like lower vibration right so you want to feel good and like all these practices are are meant to like inspire and make you feel good and make you also feel your own power right so that's what it's really about they're supposed to be empowering um and so that you can feel your ability to like create any life of your dreams you can reach your intuition you can break down through your internal blocks and you know in reality you can do do that any day, any day of the year, you can do these things. It's just the new moon, the moon, the lunar cycle itself provides like a blueprint to do these things. Um, you know, and if you miss like cleansing your crystals or charging them, like it's, it's, it's okay. Like that, you know, um, <laughs> I like, I don't, I don't actually do that. I, um, I, if I feel a crystal is like off, um, I have tons of crystals in my house. If one's like drawing my attention or I feel like it's just like off or there's something around it, um, you know, I'll usually like sage it. I'll take it to the ocean and like maybe I'll put it out on the full moon. But like I don't have like a, you know, hard 
practice where it's like every full moon I have to put all my crystals out or like my life is doomed, you know? Um, I, I think that this probably like, you know, not productive (laughs) and and because it doesn't make you feel good, you know? And like, I, I mean, ideally we're here to like feel good. I want people to feel good and I want to inspire people, um, and empower them, you know, to feel good in their lives and and to know they can create anything, create any life that they can, they can dream. Yeah, totally. That's why I was like, I think it's funny. And I, I one time did like make a post up like after a full moon or something like that. Like in case no one told you, it's okay if you forgot to put your crystals out. Like, you you know, you can still set it into like, you can still whatever. But it came from me, like I said, feeling like this guilt, like I didn't do it. And it's like, obviously, and like anything, like if you're doing it just because I feel like I should do this and then like, you're not really coming from the right energy of like, I'm supposed to do this and this is, it's only going to happen if I do it on this day. And so uh, now I lost it or like that. You want to be coming from that empowered place of like, oh, I... I give control of over life. I'm taking advantage of this time. And like, yeah, I didn't do it on new moon. It's a week later. I can still do it today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, you want to be like empowered and, and confident and it's there to help you. It's not there to restrict you, you know, or limit you in any way. I think that's the important, important part about the moon. You know, it's very forgiving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And with that, too, with the empowering versus constrict you, like, do you come across people that take like that may get super into astrology? And so then they feel like they don't even have control of their own life, that it's like, oh, well, what is the moon and the stars telling me? And I can only do that. Or Yeah, I mean, I could try and present it, um, you know, because at the end of the day, like humans have free will, right? We have free will to do what we want. Um, and I even like write that in a lot of workbooks, like, um, you know, and the new moon is really powerful, but like, and you can focus on these things, but like, of course you can focus on anything you want. Like you always have free will. Um, and you know, the, they're just guides, like this is just guides. And, um, you know, it's, it's almost like a program. It keeps you on track. So it's like, Oh, well, the new moon, the, our next new moon is, you know, in Taurus and like, okay, well, what what does that give us the opportunity to do? We can work on our abundance and scarcity and our worthiness on Taurus, you know? Um, so it's like, it gives you a guide. But if you want to work on something totally different on the new one Taurus, like you're allowed to. Like there's no strictness. There's no limitations. It's just um, if you want to align with it and you want to use those guides, it's there. It's a helpful guide because, you know, sometimes we forget these things. And I sometimes look at like the 12 new moons of the year and then the 12 full moons and, and it's just like okay cool like we check 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 like if we're going through um like the human psychology like we are working on every facet of it um and we may forget about some of these pieces you know or want to avoid some of these pieces um if we were just doing it on our own so it is this like great guide because it, we can work on like all these different angles of ourselves um, because it does like when we put all 24 moons together, I mean, we've, you've got to cover, we have human psychology pretty much covered. Wow. <laughs> but by no means you like have to do it. You know, you can still align with new moon energy, you know, on the Taurus new moon, for instance, and be thinking about your partnerships, which is technically under Libra's domain. But if you need to think about your partnerships on the new moon Taurus, like write intentions around them, you can, you have free will, you know, we're still humans at the end of the day. Yeah. Or even like, you know, I think that people you're, you're more, it sounds like into moons, but even just 
if people get into like, oh, I'm this, so I'm Aquarius, so I'm right. supposed to match with this, or these are my friends. So like, if people, if you've come across people that are like too like rigid in astrology, because I found astrology when I was probably my early 20s, a friend of mine used an astrologist. I mean, I think I always thought, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm an Aquarius. Yeah, I think I like, cool. I like, I think I match with those things or that. But I uh, had a friend who had an astrologist in my 20s. And so then I had some readings and and I loved it. It felt like it gave me a lot of comfort and relief and sort of like, I remember one time being like very lost and looking for her to give me answers though. And she right. was like, you know, like, but, but for me, it had always felt like, and I love the phrasing of like, it's, there's just weather passing through, you know, because sometimes I think we can be really hard on ourselves. Like, why am I having such a hard day today? Or I'm this or that. And like, things are just funky or why am I not happy today? And so we make ourselves wrong for this and that it could be like, Oh, there's something happening up in the stars or right. like the, this right. is, is into the, this now, or like the Merc, every, like Mercury retrograde has become such social media. It's like, okay, that, but it's also like, okay maybe it's just Mercury retrograde or like, maybe it's the this. So it can kind of be like, I don't have to take everything so personally and like right. why I don't feel right today, why I'm not inspired today. Like it's sort of right. like getting in touch with astrology allowed me, like I said, to not feel like everything was my fault in some way. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think for a lot of people, I think that's <laughs> great where it's like, it takes that like personal attack out of it or like it takes the opportunity for you to like personally attack yourself out of it. Like what is wrong with me? Why is it? You can look at the moon and be like, Oh, the moon's in cancer. That's why I'm crying all day. Obviously, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Or, um, you know, and it, it can provide us a lot of guidance and a lot of answers. Um, and you know, I think that, you know, when people like find out their sign, um, I don't, I don't really run into people who are like, Oh, I have to do this because I'm a Leo. Um, but really it just kind of helps make sense of their world a little bit. And, you know, your sign is like what you're here to learn and you're here to master. So it can kind of like, for me, when I look at my chart, I'm like, oh, that's, that's why, like, that's why that's happening. Okay. You know, um, right. for instance, like my North node, uh, and Saturn are in like Virgo. And so, um, you know, when I look at that, I'm like, oh, that's why, like, I have to like write and put it in these like neat little boxes, you know, that are like limited and. Uh, you know, this font and everything's like well organized, which is like Virgo's domain, you know, and I share them with the world because it's in my 11th house, which is like the house of humanity. So I'll like look at that and I'll be like, oh, okay, it makes sense. This is why, you know, what I'm doing, uh, why I'm doing it, you know. But it doesn't like, I don't ever feel like dictated by my chart and I haven't run into too many people that are like that. Um, it just kind of like helps explain things where you're like, ah, that makes sense. You know? Yeah. That's <laughs> it sort of like gives me like release the pressure. <laughs> people get crazy with dating. People get crazy with relationships that I run into a lot where it's like, well, I'm a Leo and he's this and like, we can't possibly get along, you know? And, like, <laughs> and you know, and, um, and you know, that, that I think is interesting and there's some truth to that. But I also think that like if both signs are embodying like the highest vibrations of their signs that like anybody really can get along. Um, there's just in the upcoming Libra workbook I have coming out, I, I do relationship scopes where I like talk about compatibility uh, based on your moon sign. And, you know, there's like relationships that are going to be more challenging that are going to give you more growth. There's going to be relationships that feel a little easier. There's going to be relationships where, um, you know, you really are standing at like your growth edge, you know? So it's just, it's just understanding them and just like, like, okay, like, yeah, you're Leo, you can totally date a Taurus, but 
you know, you might be up against your growth edge, you know, and it might be like challenging, but you might grow, you know, or is like, if you're a Leo dating, like a Sagittarius, it might be a little easier, you know, um, and because you both are fire signs and might understand each other a little bit more, you know, so, but you might not grow as much, you know, so, um, I, I do see that with the relationships for sure. People that's like, some of the number one questions I think I get, uh, especially when we're talking about relationships, we're like, I'm this and he's this. What does that mean? You know? <laughs> so it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I make up, I think that that's just like the humans, like what we're all seeking love, like the most, like that's the thing we're most seeking is love. And so mm-hmm. then it's like, makes it such a big deal of finding like that person that is like, yeah our person or something yeah yeah exactly (laughs) exactly exactly we do we we definitely see connection so but speaking of relationships yeah with you then going on this path that was started when you were in your current relationship Mm -hmm. or and was that was he supportive of you doing this or did was yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) very very supportive uh I actually just oh. walked into the room here. I was like, yeah. I know. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, wrapping up. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and he was my dog as well. I was like, came in. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's uh, very supportive. Juno's very supportive too. This is my, my doggy here. Um, but yeah, no, he's 100% supportive. He actually edits all the workbooks. So, um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah he, he edits all of them um, makes them a lot better, I think. So, um, yeah, but, but yeah, it's always like worked out really well. Why am I viewing? So, yeah, so this is, um, these are all keychain phrases that go on my, I, yeah, I have a product line. And so these are all, they, they all look like this, but so these are all the phrases that are on there. And so I have everybody, each guest, say which phrase they not know so much like the most, but which reminder they want the most in their life right now and why. Uh-huh. Which one? So of these phrases you would want as a keychain daily reminder in your life. Oh, uh, um probably so fucking grateful. I love the F yeah. word. Yeah. I love gratitude. <laughs> yeah. That's another reason I love you. I was like, oh, good. She uses the F word too. <laughs> I do. I'm from Philly, so it comes out naturally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think gratitude is magic. So I think it's one of the most important things we can do. And it attracts abundance. And um, yeah, know, it's, it's something I practice every day is gratitude, no matter what, no matter what day or where the moon is, practice gratitude. Yeah, totally get that. And I feel like gratitude has definitely been a big coping mechanism or like getting through this challenging time. It can seem so scary and uncertain, but for me, it's like, wow, look at all that we do have. And like that we can, yeah, like still be so connected, even though we're all isolated in our own houses and like so much paying attention to the little things and the big things that we have, even when it seems like so much is being like shut down right now. No, it's true. And I gratitude, gratitude will, will get us through this for sure. I, I absolutely believe that. I'm just finding those little moments and gratitude that help ground us and anchor our vibration are really, really important right now. 
Um, okay, what is a go-to to raise your joy levels? If you're like not feeling something and you're- Gratitude. People <laughs> yep, there we go. <laughs> Gratitude. Um, yeah. Gratitude and then just um, time, a little bit of time to myself. I like, I'm a Scorpio moon, so I need space. You know, I need like my own, like I just need like 20 minutes of me time in the morning. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right. I, every, I ask everybody to apply this phrase to their own life or their own self. What is easiest for you is not always what is best for you. Can you think of a way to apply that? So what is easiest for me is to blank. What is best for me is to. Mm-hmm. So what's easiest for me is to hide. I like to, I actually <laughs> don't like to be in the spotlight despite being a Leo. Um, and what is best for me is to not hide <laughs> and to be vulnerable uh, and actually like, you know, put put stuff out there in the world, you know, even if I am scared, I'm going to be judged for it or rejected or something. So, yeah, awesome. I was I was super excited that you said yes. And even I was excited when I first feel like I started seeing your face in stories. I'm like, there's the person behind Spirit <laughs> I like to hide. I like to hide behind my writing and spirit daughter for sure. <laughs> but yeah, that's just that's part of my path, I guess. I'm gonna come out, come out of hiding. <laughs> Um, all right. The last question is the name of the podcast is claim it, which I talked about, I think before we started recording, but basically like our feelings of joy, worth, enoughness, success, whatever it is, aren't out there somewhere. Once I get this, have this be this, then I'll feel that it's something that we ourselves have to work on claiming every single day, every single moment sometimes. (laughs) So what are you claiming for yourself right now? Um, I think I'm claiming joy for myself, which is like really hard right now uh, because of everything mm-hmm. going on in the world. And I am just like, I was actually thinking about that um, this morning uh, with my son because um, I remember when he was like three months old or something, um, my husband and I were just like, man, we have everything. If we could just get some sleep, we'd be really happy, <laughs> you know? Um, and now we're getting sleep. And, you know, like, and, you know, and I was like having that conversation with myself, I was like, (laughs) I'm just going to be happy. I'm not going to be like, well, and we were like joking when we said that, of course, because we were were really happy, but we were also very sleep deprived. (laughs) But I was like, like, if we just weren't on quarantine, like, you know, we'd be really happy. I was like, you know what? I'm just really happy right now. I don't like claim my happiness right now. Um, you know, because I have this amazing baby and I just want to be really happy and joyful for him, no matter what the hell is going on in the world outside of our four walls. You know, I want to be, I want to be happy for him. And I don't want to, I don't want to say like, Oh, when this happens, I'll be happy, you know? Um, because you know, I want to be happy for him right now in this moment. I love that. And yeah, I forgot we were like, I think joking about that before. We started recording too of like, yeah, like everybody will be so much happy. Everybody's gonna be so grateful in this once we're out of quarantine. But it's like, so there's no everybody and then all problems were fall away. Like, no, then people will be bitching about other stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, oh, now there's traffic. Now there's this. 
Yeah, no, it is. It is yeah. a big one, but like, yeah, like the choosing to like, where can you find joy? Every where can, day? Where you, can find, you find exactly. gratitude every I think day? That's really, really important. And I'm hoping that people, um, I'm hoping that we all have a shift in perspective where, um, you know, when we are out of this, it's like those things that we did used to complain about before this, like are so trivial and just don't even mean anything anymore because we've like yeah. gone through this. I'm really hoping for, we get like a, a boost in our vibration from all this, you know, that there will be a silver lining. So yeah. We'll I know, and that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping it lasts because I make up it might last a couple of weeks or a month and then, you know, slide back. So hopefully enough mm-hmm. people will keep that spirit alive and the remembering of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And that's too, like you can feel sad, scared, all of these things that are real, but also like what leave some space for, okay, let me find joy. Let me find gratitude. Let me find peace. Yeah. We know guys, we know there's, it's hard right now. And for me, it it's is hard. like a moment to moment thing. I'll be like, yeah, right. everything's great. And then why am I so tired? And I can't do anything right now. And then like yeah. a moment, right because we're locked inside our homes and we don't know what's happening and like, yeah just, I know I was like telling my husband I was like I like live for those moments between like fully asleep and fully awake where you don't like quite remember like what's going on you know like when you just first wake up and you're like ah oh, feels so nice like I sleep oh, I feel great and then you're like oh fuck <laughs> this is still going on you know um it's so, a lot yeah it's a lot it's like very very real um you know and the anxiety and the fear uh is very real and we're programmed that way and getting back to psychology like we our brains are literally programmed that when there is an unknown environmental stress and pressure you know, to be in a hypervigilant state. Like this is brain structure here. This is like some of our most ancient brain structure at play that we are literally, you know, when we're choosing to be joy and we're choosing happiness and we're um, trying to, you know, using meditation to calm ourselves, we're actually fighting this like ancient brain system, you know, that was there obviously for a reason. <laughs> you know, like, this is going like way back. You know, we're talking about evolution here. Um, so, you know, it, it's totally natural to feel those things and even more so natural. It's part of what makes us human. So, um, you know, we can get these moments of happiness and joy and peace. Like we're, we're really like winning, you know, really, really winning right now, but it's a, it's a good battle to win. So it's worth it. Yeah. All right. Thank you so, so much again for saying yes to this and for everything that you do and share and the thoughts that you put out in the world. Yeah. Thank you. you. I'm not the only one that's grateful for you. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. All right. I hope you guys loved getting to know Jill and her story as much as I did. And I hope that it also gives you hope and the feelings of validation that you can make a living of what really sparks joy for you. And it may take time and to trust your unique process and to trust the timing and the path that you are on. Because right, her life took lots of different turns and leaps and she just kept looking for what interested her, kept following what felt right for her. And now she has this amazing company and brand that is helping so much and that she loves doing. So to find more about Jill, go to at Spirit Daughter on Instagram, spiritdaughter.com, order those uh, workbooks. So cool. I'm so excited to start with those as well. She's got a lot more resources on her website as well. For full show links, 
show notes and show links, go to yourdoyologist.com slash podcast and you'll see all the episodes there. Of course, you can find me at Your Doyologist. I would love to know what you think of the podcast, what you enjoyed. So send us a message, share the episode, and you can also subscribe, please, and leave a review. The review means a lot to me, but it also helps uh, the podcast platform like put it out there for more people to see, recommend it to other people that don't know it. If you do that, please do that. Screenshot it and send it to me at podcast at yourdoyologist.com and I'll send you a little gift for my product line. And I will also do that if you share the episode. Share any episodes. Make sure to tag me so I see it. And I will also send you a little gift right now. So Yeah, I really just want the podcast to hit more people and to have more people thinking about their own lives and showing up for their lives and getting out of their own way. All right, so let's leave the final thought of the episode being, what are you choosing today? Choose joy. I choose gratitude. I choose choose peace. I choose ease. What are you choosing? All right. Keep on listening to more episodes or catch me here next week.